Hello, everybody. This is Christine Ford again. I'm uh, here with a special guest today on the expansive conversations portion of my podcast, Healing Words with Christine. So welcome to another episode. This podcast is for people who want a daily dose of personal development support, believe in the power of alternative healing and energy work, and want to activate uh, their divine wealth through wealth blueprint and are ready to build a relationship with their mind, body, and spirit. So today, as I mentioned, I have a special guest. This I'm just going to introduce her real quick, and then we'll get into this conversation. So thank you so much for being here, Barbara. So as I said, um, I have a special guest, Barbara With. She is an international peace activist, award-winning author, publisher, psychic channel, composer and performer. She's also a workshop facilitator and inspirational speaker. She's the co-founder of Conflict Conflict Revolution, a revolutionary uh, way to resolve conflicts of the psyche based on her work channeling Albert Einstein. She's also authored several books um, on metaphysics, including um, Einstein et al., uh, Manifestation, Conflict Revolution, and The New Operating System. Uh, which is a looks like it's a, a winner of the 2016 Best Book Awards for New Age and a finalist for 2017 Book Excellence Awards for Mind, Body, Spirit. That's awesome. Um, and a few other books, uh, Imagining Einstein, Essays on M-Theory, World Peace and the Science of Compassion, 2007, also a National Best Books winner. Um, I'm just going to move on to the other ones, but there's so much more details. I'm going to provide more of the information about these specific books, but they're amazing. Um, Party of 12, The Afterlife of Interviews, 2001. Party of 12, Post 9-11 uh, in 2008. And The Diaries of a Psychic Sorority Talking with the Angels, which I guess came out originally in 97. And uh, I guess that was it a, um, it was a finalist in 2019, Book Excellence Award for Spirituality. So, oh my goodness. Um, and you also train, uh, teaches, teach and train conflict revolution in the classroom and on Zoom lectures on your Einstein uh, unified field theory maps of human consciousness and the science of compassion. So lots of stuff like you have so much <laughs> accomplished in this lifetimes and, and it looks like you're just going to keep going with everything, which is amazing. So um, that's a lot. And there's, there's so many things we, we can talk about. And we've already kind of discussed some a few things here and there. But I would love to hear how you got to where you are. And, you know, maybe some of your uh, modest beginnings. And, and, you know, because I know as spiritual people, as people who are psychic, um, we tend to have very interesting childhoods, <laughs> I think, um, because it's so outside of the norm, you know, of, of maybe the families were brought into, which I think are traditional or you know, a little bit more, uh, I guess, rigid is maybe the right word for it. At least that was my experience. But I would like to hear yours and, you know, anything you would like to share up to this point and how you got here. Well, thank you, Christine, for having this conversation with me. Uh, I'm very excited about it. And yeah, you know, I I would sum up the the long story that I could tell. Uh, by saying, first and foremost, I was a musician. So very young, I started to write music. When I was 12, I was teaching myself piano when I was five and went out on the road right after high school uh, as a soloist. I had two sets of original material, so I was a writer. And that experience 
set up my understanding of what channeling is. Because when you write music, you're, you go into the outer space and listen for the song and pull it out of nothing. Yeah. I think a lot of people channel. I think channeling actually is a part of how we have a physical experience, but we'll get to that. <laughs> and so also simultaneously, I had friends in high school who whose mother was a channel. Wow. And so I saw her and had readings with her for many, many years. And I studied what they said was going to happen, what I thought was going to happen and what actually happened. Mm -hmm. So I began to get kind of this feel for what, what is this, you know? Mm -hmm. So by the time I started to spontaneously automatic write, I think this was in 1987. uh, I knew what it was, but I was still like surprised and honored that I had this, gift it's like an intuitive art I think that's how I feel about it so how I came to channel Einstein is kind of another long story but I'll shorten it up just to say that when I learned about being a channel from Eunice Mm -hmm. she was an antenna she would pick up your higher power and she would talk back to your human mind she said the human mind had so many questions and your higher power had so many answers She was just like that. So there wasn't anybody else. When I I started to do group channeling, because I was very interested to see what they would say, these voices Mm -hmm. who talked in the voice of we say to a group. And my psychic sorority was founded by these groups, asked, who are you? And they said, well, you can call us angels. So I don't know. I wasn't. I was skeptical of hearing that answer, but it was okay because the information was so profound. Mm. And ultimately these angels said, we have this revolutionary process for humans to resolve conflict first in themselves as a way to have world peace as the byproduct. And we need human beings to test it on real conflict. And the three of us, Teresa and Kim and I, who started organizing these groups and transcribing the channeling and eventually having conflict amongst us. And then we had these transcripts. And that's really how Conflict Revolution was born, because we took it empirically into our own lives and our own conflicts and saw that what they were saying was actually coming true, that if you do it this way, you're going to have a much greater outcome over here. And we actually have a first fight where we show how that happened on the very first time when we took the transcript and said, okay, here's, here's what they say to do. And we did it and everything just completely shifted. So that experience then led to being pursued by a tabloid from London to -hmm. see if I would do a, interview with Princess Diana from beyond the grave on the one year anniversary of her death. Mm, Um, We published diaries of a psychic sorority in 1997. And then, so they didn't want it after I did it, but that led to party of 12, the afterlife interviews. And that's a whole nother conversation we can have. But in those, in that party of 12, these 12 Diana included uh, was Albert Einstein. 
Wow. And when I channeled Albert Einstein, I knew I, this was the voice of my channeling. This was the accent of, of all of my readings that I had been giving to people. But more than that, there was a resonance in my body from back in music, early, early music. Because, you know, Einstein was a very big musician, too. He played right. the violin, the piano, and it was very important to him. So um, I decided to, in 2005, the 100-year anniversary of his miracle year e equals mc squared and four other uh formulas he came up with i did a book just with him i channeled i thought oh i'll just do a little honor i'll honor him whatever yeah so i channeled all these sessions and then i sat down to edit it and what it was was he was giving me the unified field theory which he couldn't do in real life he didn't ever accomplish that including what he said were maps of human consciousness, which is how we interact with the manifestation of matter and a scientific, quantifiably provable definition of compassion. Wow. And that book, I mean, and my mind is blown. Go out to do this. I, all I ever wanted to be was a rock star, right? So... <laughs> That this was coming out of me and that in 2005, I'm, I'm, it's winter and I'm editing. And he says, the center of everything, the source of the universe, the void is in the center of the planet. And wow. it's a black hole. Hmm. And I said, because I'm not a scientist, I... And I said, really, I have to say this to people like this is what you're telling me is true. I don't know if it's true or not. It sounds interesting, but could I just be a laughing stock because it's so ridiculous? So, no, apparently not. As time has proven on uh, now, we have in 2023, Brian Green of Strings Theorist actually saying that black holes could be smaller things could be in the center of the earth we could be in a black hole it could be the root of all creation so mm -hmm. anyway that's it's it, when that book came out i was uh i took it and was invited all around the world to teach and train and i channel einstein and do conflict revolution workshops and get present the unified field and back then because it's 2007 8 um mostly it was drawing it board like scientists might you know when they were showing each other their formulas yeah. they would draw them on chalkboards but I had whiteboards well you know and now today I've got this beautiful powerpoint yeah. and uh <laughs> and like Einstein at smart yeah, things Einstein at all was actually at all what is the fixed is actually pictures of the maps Wow. So um, imagining Einstein started very primitive, like a scientist might draw. And then I thought, no, I have to create these maps. And so that's what that is. But anyway, that's kind of my long story short. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because you've just 
I, I think I said mentioned to you, I have this very strong feeling of Dolores Cannon around you or some energy around that. And a lot of people know who, who Dolores Cannon is. Like she's pretty well known. And I think she became even more well known after her death, or at least that's what I've noticed in my circles. But um it just feels like you were parts of, of like, I guess what would they call like maybe the first wave of volunteers or something. I think that's what, that's the re reference, um, which I think is like in the sixties and the, in the seventies. Right. And so I just, I, it just feels very like such an honor to talk to somebody who's kind of been part of that whole bringing this, this new consciousness in, if you will. And so like, you know, and I was born in the eighties, so that's, considered the second wave and so it's it's kind of like we're just moving in this direction of like expanding and uh, you know evolving consciousness and so your information is is it was, was pivotal because it's like it took uh something that really hadn't been expressed in in such a way like through that channeling and i totally agree with you i think you're absolutely right like when we're in an artistic state we're actually channeling i always feel like when i'm drawing or painting i'm like recording something i'm seeing not creating something that i just made up by myself so sometimes in my case it would be past lives or it would be you know future things like things from 300 years into the future or atlantis or something of that nature but i just uh i think that's so beautiful that you you were able to connect with Einstein with this music and and so it looked I don't know from from because I'm clairvoyant so I'll, I'm looking at it and I'm just seeing like it's like you and Einstein had these similarities and Einstein was like oh this soul has got some similar qualities to me we could probably connect and like she's receptive to be able to communicate so let's just do this thing and it looks like you guys had a soul agreement from what i can tell i don't know if you've ever dove into soul agreements with your with the beings and the people that you've channeled but i i, I i'm wondering what you think about that and if that resonates oh that very much resonates and the soul the soul agreement as we say is that the angels told us we volunteered and we were chosen Right. to take this mission forward. And the more that I learned about Einstein's life, his real life, mm -hmm. um, because I wasn't like a huge Einstein fan. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, who doesn't like Einstein? But I, I was not, it was not anything I was interested in. So to learn about his actual life mm -hmm. and to learn that, first of all, you know, he died with two burning issues that he held on to which is one the getting the unified field theory right and the second was how to make world peace right. and when i did historical looking into his life and what he did there's some remarkable things that he had this public conversation with freud who is also in party of 12 and i never knew this when we were doing the book but um a public conversation between the wars Mm -hmm. with Freud that was published and the big burning question was how do we stop war mm. and he or and Freud were like well first for a minute they thought about one world government and they said oh no that's not the thing to do <laughs> and they came to the conclusion that they didn't know but Freud had three sort of informal suggestions one was to nurture a really open critically thinking mind that's hungry for the truth mm. the second was to create emotional connections and the third was to really face the truth about what war is look it in the face mm. 
Mm. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't glamorize it. Show people what it really is. Mm. So those kinds of things add to this soul connection of when he died. He died in April of 1955. And I was born in February of 1955. Wow. So I have often think it's a reincarnation but I don't I feel like it's a it was like just like you said something from very young where I came here to do this mission I volunteered I was chosen and so as a kid here I am I have that in intuitive talent and they start with music Mm -hmm. and then they kind you know because I should have by all intent and purposes, been a rock star at that time. I mean, mm-hmm. my music is that powerful and the time was right, but it was never meant to be. Thank God. <laughs> but all the situations that led me, and then when we they brought me the psychic sorority, they brought me witnesses. Hmm. They said to us, keep a paper trail because there's going to come a day where people are going to want to know how this happened how, how you, where you're, we had no idea where we were going, what we were doing. No clue. So drawn into the messages and our lives were changing and everything was happening. So yeah, very, very much volunteered and was chosen. And now at this age and looking back and going off on this new world peace tour that I'm on, it's, it's awesome that Mm -hmm. it's, 30 years of them training for this time. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, that's that because it's, it's so like we we had this conversation about, you know, how do we bring this stuff into the practical, but you've already pretty much addressed that because, you know, like you said, it was like this channeled information on how to resolve conflict and, and, you know, and, and, and you actually used it in your psychic sorority which I mean anytime people get together there's always going to be stuff because every there's no such thing as a perfect human being and something that I just feel like I wanted to share is just like this this judgment it's been coming up in my field uh, around like there's like when we're judging the thing on on the outside there's probably something about ourselves or you know we're judging about ourselves too right And so we can't stand the thing that we're seeing on the outside, whatever it might be. It's like, you know, maybe it's a a mother thing, an issue with the mother, for example. And that's that's a really common example of, you know, women who have issues with their mothers. Right. And so um, it just feels like, you know, once we can resolve that, like in in the way that you've described, we can resolve things like that. That's such a grounded, practical thing to for any person to have an issue with, like you know, ongoing problems with their parent. Right. And so, um, you know, it's, it's like my mom said this when I was this age and now I judge this thing that she said this thing about, right. Or I'm in rebellion of the thing that she judged. Right. So it's, it's, but it's the same energy. And so, um, the way that I see it is I'll look at, it's like literally an energy signature and it's like, oh, well just, just release the signature. Why do you hold on to it? Oh, because I have to judge it. And so, um, it's just fascinating to me the way that you've kind of evolved with your work and, and bringing such practical solutions to real life problems that it's yes, absolutely. Like war is, is, you know, something that needs to, we need to like face and address for sure. Um, but like you said, you know, like what's the war within yourself, 
Like, what are you fighting inside yourself? I'd love to like, uh, you know, I'd love some examples of like how you've done conflict resolution in your, or revolution, I guess, in, in, in sort of maybe some of your seminars or events or just where you've maybe sat down with a person and had an example play out or, or something that you had in your own life that you feel could be really relevant to this. Because it feels like it's important for people to see that, like, this is something I can take into my life and actually use this. Um, and of course, they can find more information through you as well to go deeper. But um, just as a practical example of like, what kind of conflict do you think creates something like war in the outside that could be addressed internally that might be, you know, playing itself out and, you know, showing itself as war? Yeah. The first step to that is this adapting this bigger perspective of the energy when we show you the unified fields and the maps of human consciousness. So just very basically uh, with those, everything starts in the void in the center of the planet. Compassion with a capital C impels energy to step out and create a particle basically called a compilation of consciousness. It's your singularity. And it surrounds all of the mathematics that are going to end up being on the surface of the planet where you're sitting in the lens as a separate field, right? So this is all the math. It starts here. And from there, it separates all that mathematics separates into uh, first it splits from inner and outer. Mm -hmm. And then it when it becomes the sacred three of creation, that third part is the part that witnesses both the inner and the outer. Mm. So this triangular configuration of energy then sends off this gravitational wave that runs from the center of the earth. Literally, we are literally that big of an operating system. Sends a gravitational wave to the surface of the planet and with all of those fractals that are pulling together, starting to pull together to be form, all the form they're programmed to be. And then when your body is created, as it's here, it bursts into the outer world, projecting, receiving whole creation, that whole manifestation. Now, the wave continues. And, and when it gets to the edge of the Earth's electromagnetic field, it hooks up with it goes back down into the North Pole, back down to the center, and begins again. And this is the spinning string that is that has all of the programming of who we're going to be. What makes us human is this little function called the human intention. And it's like this triangular, I, I think of it as an arm coming out of the center of the planet, out into space, into the observer that's able to see the whole picture. And then it's connected to the lens. And the lens is like a prism. Mm. It's like a, a lens that goes over that spinning string and slows everything down, creates that spherical domain in your body, your ability to be. And so we have that physical experience. And then when your body dies, that whole thing kind of. So that's kind of the basic premise of how we have this human experience. But where I want everybody to really pay attention is from the source to the lens, this gravitational wave has three, they call it three human dimensions. And this is what we work with in conflict revolution. And they have slightly different definitions than the classical idea of what compassion is or what emotion is. 
They're very specific. Mm-hmm. So compassion is the creative intelligence that's using the four fundamental forces to impel the creation of the physical world one step at a time. So when this wave leaves the source, the first part of it we call emotion. This is just the primordial soup of all of the fractals of everything that's that's now separate in your lens. But there's no definitions. There's no even guidance. It's just the beginning I am. So all of my particles are vibrating with my very specific gravity. I am Barbara. I am Barbara. I am Barbara. The chair is I am the chair. And so as they move, then they evolve to the second, the voice of emotion, which is an emotion is the expression of compassion. So intuition mm-hmm. is the voice of compassion within us. And what intuition does, it, it impels us to take the next most advantageous step for the good of the whole system. Because right. compassion is programmed to take care of everyone for the good of the whole. Then as that's pulling all together, it gets to the third, and that's the intellect. Mm. And intellect's purpose is to take all that information and instead of having the chair inside us, it revolves it, that is a chair. I am a chair, that is a chair. So intellect has a very important role. Within intellect is ego, which has been given the power of free will. So the whole system, if if Einstein says, if, if we are aligned to compassion, which is what the goal is to create world peace one person at a time emotion flows up intuition tells us what to do and intellect is the faithful servant the divine masculine is waiting to hear what intuition the divine feminine is going to impel it to do and then it's going to do it Mm. but what takes place is that ego has free will and so ego can and will say no to intuition Yes. So if my intuition tells you to rest, your ego can say, I can't rest. I've got a hundred things to do. And if I don't get these things done right now, nothing's going to get done. And off you go. So true. And that Einstein says is the root of all conflict. That makes sense. That's completely logical. And, and it's, it's true because ego has a sort of like, like has its own conditioning too, it seems like. Right. And isn't that is that socialization? Is that the matrix that we live in? Is that this the world and its rules that were imposed upon us? Could that be religious dogma that we were fed as a child? You know, whether we agree with it or not is irrelevant, but it's like we live our lives by it. And then, you know, oh no, that doesn't work out for me because it actually doesn't go with my intuition or my intellect. It's something outside of that. Would you say that's kind of a good assessment of what you would say ego kind of is? Yes. Yes. And that this particular culture that has trained our ego to be in control is rooted from whatever civilizations of fear-based infrastructure. So fear comes up, it marries to the thought, rejects the thought as if that's reality. So I'm afraid I'm looking at you. You're the one who made me afraid. So now I have to take an action to protect myself from you who are making me afraid. So it really is rooted in deep origins of human development in that sense. But it's gotten to the point of being the 
this us versus them, it gets us to the brink of World War III. So you asked, how can we as individuals help contribute to world peace is that we have to route out this us versus them mentality that we are fostering. Mm. And it really, if you get outside even the people or the outside things you think are the root of your conflict and you get into this model, mm-hmm. um, the, it's the ego not listening to the intuition. So that's literally the root. That is the root. And so how to do that, meaning conflict revolution does, is that it helps you identify actually what is versus intellect. But we also repeat that what you got cut off there. What isn't? What is intuition? Yeah. Is intellect. Oh how to identify if you're truly in an intuitive, is it a impelling you? Is it the next step? Is it for the good of the whole? Yeah. Because we all think, well, uh, intuition is, uh, and it is, we use our intuitive arts for a lot of things. Yeah. But in this case, intuition with a capital I is the, is the intelligence that is, well, there's an intuitive command beat heart beat heart but it's always an impelling it's telling you to take a step it's not telling you why to take the step yes <laughs> just telling you to take the step and it's a body thing yes. right it's somatic is that it yep yeah i i find that it's um like i get a lot of intuitions through my third eye but sometimes my third eye will shut down because I need to learn a lesson on how to take more advice from my own body. So I actually end up focusing on the solar plexus and then the solar plexus is like, move. And I'm like, Oh, I can't move. This bad thing might happen. <laughs> and then within this whole system of learning these parts of ourselves in this new way, we have the witness mm. that we have to cultivate that, that third part of that root where, that can see the inner and the outer because our intellects will tell us one thing. Well, I'm a really nice person. I, I wouldn't ever do that to anybody. Like when we're triggered by somebody doing something bad to us, right? I would never do that. Well, when you watch yourself, truly see who you are, like an observation, like an experiment, and you watch yourself make these decisions that you never really thought you were making because you were so busy projecting them onto other people. It's a really powerful process to, of, of transformation. And you asked about some examples. You know, I have so many of my own and I use them in the, uh, in, in the workshops. And, and I, I have to say, I don't have so many as I used to when I was younger and still working on this because it has eradicated so much conflict in my life. And I know how to creatively now turn conflict into something for the good of the whole everybody but um my and this is one of my favorite stories she was a client who came to a workshop in norway and she had been really bemoaning the fact that uh she couldn't go she was from barbados and she married a norwegian guy and she couldn't go home because she had these kids and she was all bummed out and her mother-in-law hated her and so she came with this conflict about her mother-in-law hating her. And when we get started to do the process, which is just a formula, 
it isn't my amazing psychic powers. It's just you listen to what people complain about in other people and you can see what's disgruntled in them. But she got the big eyes and she was like, I'm homesick. Mm. My intuition has been telling me to go home. And my head has been saying, well, you can't go home. You've got kids. Well, her kids were 14 and 17. What? But as she got to nurture herself, simultaneously, suddenly her mother-in-law, who she was convinced was trying to deport her, get her, get her to go home. Oh, <laughs> my mother-in-law has been trying to get me. So her whole relationship and the whole history of their their relationship shifted as she remembered things differently as she got to know herself firsthand. And that's the best way to transform is to catch yourself or to train yourself because somebody can come and tell you something and show you something, but until you see for yourself, it's the most powerful way to change. That's so true. It's you're right. Like you could, you know, I've, I've worked with healing um, as a healer since 2017. And, and it's just like, sometimes you can scream at someone until you're blue in the face. This is your problem. This is what you have to do to resolve it. And, and they could just not do it. And they could just continue to come back again for the same session over and over. And it's like, okay, you didn't do the thing that I mentioned, but it's like, People have to be at a point where they're like, you know what, I'm, I I can't tolerate this thing anymore. Whatever this thing that I'm like kind of making excuses for, or I'm avoiding, or I'm pretending isn't really the issue. It's this person or it's that person, or it's because he said this when I was five, (laughs) like, okay. But you're like in your forties now, like whoever, whatever somebody said when you were five, you're an adult. Now you can make a conscious decision to like move past that or to let that go or whatever it is you need to do with that to transform it. And it's, you're so right. It's like, once, once you decide that you're going to take the action or you're going to do the thing that you need to do, that you're scared of doing that your ego tells you not to do that. Everyone's going to laugh at you. If you do this thing, uh, you're going to be humiliated. You're going to be, um, you know, persecuted, maybe you have a whole bunch of past lives as a person, you know, as somebody who's been persecuted. And so it's really deep inside of you and you don't even know why it's there. Um, I find that that's common, you know, uh, with some, especially old souls where they, they tend to, um, you know, have a lot of persecution and it's like, okay, so like, have you dealt with that? Have you actually moved through that? Do you realize that you're now safe and, and can you make the decision for yourself? But like you said, you know, Everyone has to have their own experience with something in order to fully like move through it and let go. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's like you kind of, when you have your own breakthrough, that's where the magic happens. And anything else before that is just, you know, it's noise in some cases. Um, At least that's been my, what I've seen. (laughs) um everything okay <laughs> poor barbara she's coughing <laughs> but that dreaded <clears throat> that dreaded respiratory mm. thing i've been uh, doing pretty good but boy that was a streak so oof. well pray that you start to feel better soon um, yeah. yeah, no, this is amazing. Like, I love that story because that is such a good example. And I also love that you said, you know, 
when you're just like looking at the situation, you don't have any attachments to it. You don't have feelings about it. It's not your mom that's saying this kind of thing. But if it was your mom saying that kind of thing, you probably would have had a harder time being objective to it. I wonder, you know, it's like when we have our own resolved stuff and we're trying to help somebody, it seems like if we don't have our own practice of resolving our stuff, as you said, you know, in your early days that you had more stuff to resolve, um, you know, it's like it, it becomes harder to sort of disconnect from everyone else's stuff. And so once we resolve that within ourselves and then we can look at things more objectively at other people and say, oh, OK, like that's not me. But like I can see that this is what's happening in this situation. Um, yeah, but I um, I guess I'm just curious, like how you know, I know you said that there's a very um, there's a very like scientific process behind of all of this. Now, what would you say? Um would you say like, you know, you predominantly using your psychic abilities, I'm a little bit sort of turning the, turning our, our little car into a different direction now, but um, would you say that your psychic abilities are predominantly with channeling or would you say that there's other things that you use while you're in your sessions or, or before maybe even you got to the point where you were doing sessions or you were doing seminars and things like that? I'm just curious because um, I think a lot of us have, a, have gifts and abilities and, and some of them are untapped. Um, and then you've really fold turned what you do into a career, which is amazing. And I think that's a dream for a lot of, uh, a lot of gifted people. Right. Um, so would you say that like in the early days, you using your psychic gifts was different than how maybe you use them now, or do you find that you use them more like an embodied way versus I'm not sure. I'm just curious, like how that kind of unfolded for you. Well, I think I, I think I've always uh, given readings in in basically the same way. I've become more aware of what it really was or what it really is, and it's it's my understanding of it has evolved mm. from being an antenna, yes, to using these intuitive gifts to speak to people who've passed on. Uh, I also have had some um, experiences with uh, a woman who had a son who was autistic, never spoke a word. She hired me to channel him. I'd sit between them and she'd ask him questions that I would answer. And mm -hmm. after a couple of times, she didn't need me anymore. And, but today there's a very specific mission mm. with it. And all of that was leading up to that mission and certainly was the training that I needed to have as a volatile human being. Yeah. And plus I had to go through um, some really, really incredibly trying times and use it. Sorry, say that so, again. You cut out. Oh, I I had to go through very trying times mm -hmm. to prove how well it works. Ah, so you're your own test subject, basically. And we've been the guinea pigs from the start. But really, when I took uh, Imagining Einstein and uh, I left my life behind, my husband and I separated and I moved to another 
town and I got a wonderful break where I was channel I channeled at an event where I, it went worldwide. And I was invited all around the world to do this work. And while it was the most incredible manifestation of my life, I was also losing my life, my former life. And so it was a lot of mental issues, mental health issues through it, the highest and the lowest that I've ever been. And all through it, I practiced my process. And it worked as well and better than I ever could have imagined. Wow. That's like, that's the ultimate thing I think is that when we take our, that was a big lesson for me too. And and I can empathize with, you know, going through really trying times and just, you know, I'm going through a trying time right now, like with, with, with my work and stuff. And it's, it's like, and then there's, you know, there's this, like, I don't want to be where I am kind of thing. And it's, so it's just this persistent thing for the last four years. And so hopefully that starts to shift soon, but it's just, um, it's, it's like, thank God that we were blessed with these gifts that we can move ourselves through these difficult trying times. And they speak to us, they speak to our soul, they're not imposed on us. It's like they come through us organically, which it sounds like you're channeling your music and, um, you know, these new pro this process that you were basically shown and that you adapted and you integrated so that you could use it in your own life while you were facing trying difficult times. Um, and I think there's, you know, for me, it's like, oh, I don't want to tell people I'm going through a hard time because then, then they're not going to see me as this way that I want people to see me. And it's like, but you know, in hindsight, you're like, you think, but those were my best stories. Those were the stories that like, <laughs> that like, dang, I, I really, uh, I really overcame it. Like I, you know, I didn't get defeated by this thing. And it's like, you know, it's just that your ego gets confronted with the trying time while you're in the trying time, <laughs> you know? And well, so and what was so great for me was one of the main premises of conflict revolution is that we feel all of our feelings, mm. values, passion. We have the right and the responsibility to feel and people don't know how to truly feel in this way how to truly process all of them we've been told we're just supposed to be in joy and avoid the depression. What's wrong with me if I have anger? No, we teach people a way to feel the whole thing through breath work and body and detach it from that intellectual, you know, sometimes it's like wild horses up there. Like, like, why did I to next tomorrow and yesterday and how to detach that. And this is your power. This is all your power. So where are you going to channel it? What we've learned is that the knee-jerk kind of old way is you have an emotion. It triggers you. You barely hear anything intuitively. Your thoughts are triggered. Oh, you're angry, and it's your father, and then it's projection. And The new operating system is that we detach the emotional power from those thoughts. And we plug it into the thoughts we want. So mm -hmm. in essence, anger, depression, anxiety have just as much value as joy, happiness, and serenity in manifesting our intention. There is no degree of separation. So if I have a lot of anger and I'm truly intentionally feeling and breathing and I'm thinking about world peace or I'm thinking about 
what intention that I want to create, or I'm just say, seeing myself whole and happy, wh how, whatever, it fuels that into reality just as much as any joyful thought or joyful feeling will too. So it's really a different revolutionary way of handling this big emotion that protects us from the us versus them. That's the, where the us versus them takes place. Well, it's, it's that it's you versus me or, or it's the ego versus the intuition but it's a way to process deep deep feeling where where all of our power is coming from that's so amazing that's been a big lesson for me as well like learning how to actually like feel an emotion and not suppress it not pretend it's not there not try to like dress it up oh it's it's not really this. <laughs> right. Yeah. I delude myself for five minutes here <laughs> while this anger comes up. Um, you know, I've been doing a lot of drawing to like release, to like kind of process emotions, just not even release them, just to feel them. And so I would literally scribble out colors and stuff like that. But I love what the way that you present it as like, you know, you could use, I mean, that's such a, uh, a counterintuitive thing to think of is, is to think what, if I'm really, really angry about something, I could plug that into the thought of world peace. <laughs> With your breath, you know? Judgment? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. You're so angry. You're so, I just did it this morning. I woke up this morning and I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to leave the country for like several months. And I, it, there's a really unknown that I love, but I, I tend to get a little anxious. Like I'm, it's a crazy world. I'm a woman traveling alone. And I just, I, I sat and I breathed and I breathed and I saw all the amazing people that I'm going to meet. And I saw uh, opportunities arising that I can't, I, I couldn't even see, you know, I, I just want it to happen. I don't even need to uh, make sure it's going to happen this way or that complete redirect from if I would have gone oh gosh, it's going to be, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this or maybe I won't have enough money or completely different. Of course, it would have a big impact. Of course. I mean, it just makes sense. It's like the way that I'm seeing it is it's like the, the emotion is fuel. It's like gas. And then yes. your thoughts are like your compass. And so like in, in the car, essentially, right? Like the car is you in your vehicle or whatever, but like, then you've got this compass and the compass are your thoughts. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go drive in, you know, off the road. Like here's this negative thought. And it's like, but what if I actually just make a decision to change the compass's direction? I still have the fuel of my emotions taking me towards some direction, but my thoughts are the ones that I can start to pick and choose I can shift this because I think uh there's a statistics like we feel like 75 percent of other people's thoughts around us so for psychic intuitives it's very like dis disorienting because you're like whoa what's mine and what's someone else's and I don't think the average person probably thinks about this all this much but I certainly do and it's like okay who's 
thought is this? Is this even my thought? And so then I'm fueling a thought that might not even be mine. Wow, what a concept. <laughs> it's like, what if I could just pick a different thought right now in this moment that I'm having this emotion come up and then literally I'm going to drive my car in that direction instead of off the road. <laughs> and the trick will be how attached is your ego to that old system? Because it's the ego that gets to escape having to feel the uncomfortable feeling if it projects it out onto somebody else. Cool. So that's where the struggle is going to be is, you know, cause we can talk about it, but when yeah. you get in, in that emotion, I mean, that's, and that's what I was, I mean, I say like I did this this morning, like it just happened, but it's always pushing against the old system and bring, keeping that new system coming in and those thoughts that are going, Oh, you're not doing anything. You're just going to just, you know, nope keeping that mind open and what you're talking about as you just described it that's um that is the turning of the evolution of human consciousness where we start to go oh wait we know that now you're going to be able to experiment with the manifestation of creation you're going to be able to master your emotions that aren't going to just get projected there's our power i think and you're so right. Like it's the ego that wants to like believe the old system. This is who I was for 30 odd years. What do you mean? It's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not a liar. What are you talking about? Uh, well, get in uh, your witness. Watch yourself lie to yourself. Yeah. There's so much to learn. I had a, I did a meditation once where I wanted to actualize my ego and project it into like a, ca- a cartoon character. And what showed up was um, from uh, Alice in Wonderland, the the Queen of Hearts and the King of Hearts, both. <laughs> I'm like, so either I'm like, yes. so the Queen of Hearts is like intense and over the top. And then the King of Hearts is like a pushover. I'm like, wow, that's two parts of my ego, I guess. <laughs> You're lucky there's only two there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's probably a whole wonderland filled of them. But exactly. it's 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 kind of crazy like how we can start to start to piece these things together in ways that we can understand. And I think there's something, you know, I've always loved storytelling. Um like you, I I've always loved to write since I was a kid. And so um you know, I've enjoyed writing. It's not so much music but but like just writing and getting things out there and just getting my authentic voice out there which has been really hard but um you know it just in terms of like just having that creative connection to just share to just understand things in a story form because I think stories speak to us in such a powerful way and your story absolutely speaks to me and it's like I can start to understand how it works in context with my own life and I'm sure like you know anybody who's listening to this probably could resonate with that um yeah I don't know I just I'm, I'm like I'm just loving this conversation <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like you're just such a an amazing guest to have like just oh so, thank you so I just love these to too. Well, and the the thing to remember, too, is that this whole thing, I think, Einstein, it's so brilliant. So brilliant. I mean, we were brilliant to take them up on the offer and use our conflicts. And, you know, we were, that's a really big part of the story. But that they knew that long ago that we were going to need this Mm. right now is 
it's just, it's, it's astounding to me. And that they made it this practical so that what we always say is this work that I'm suggesting you do doesn't, you don't have to like schedule time at the whatever, put aside the huh, standing in line at the supermarket or you're, you're stuck in traffic. Those are the times where you don't have to be thinking about anything, but you're probably thinking about the future, the past, whatever, that you can stop yourself and go, wait a minute, this is one of those times. Let's observe. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? How does that intuition feel? We like to think it's here in the heart speaking to us. And the emotion is just coming up here and then the intellect and, and start to be aware of that. And what are you telling yourself? What are these voices of culture telling you? You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You can't do it. Or he's blah, blah, blah. Those are the mastery. That's the place of mastery, I think, that we're all coming to. Is once we master that intellectual ego and work in alignment and compassion, yeah, that's the evolution of consciousness. Oh, this is so powerful. I mean, chills. Like, my, cool. I got goosebumps all over my body right now. Um, So... What, what you're bringing through, like, I get such a, like, I channel, when I channel, I'm only channeling the divine, I'm only channeling the higher self, right? And so I just get that there's something really, like, it really feels like you were channeling the higher self of Einstein to me. And so, um, which is beautiful, you know, it's beautiful, because it's like you said, he's, he was such a genius, and he had so much to share with the world that didn't get shared. Right. And, and so the fact that you were able to do this and to bring it into such a grounded way so that people could use it. And now we can integrate it into like our daily lives, our moment to moment experiences of like, Hey, I'm in a conversation with this person. I'm having a, an emotion about it. Okay. Like, what am I thinking about this? And and how can I shift that a little bit? Or is this actually the ultimate truth? Like I always think of it. Well, if God, you know, was in the sky saying, writing on a chalkboard, would God say this? Well, probably not. Like, this is probably something that's not actually true. That person's a jerk. Yeah, God's not going to write that. <laughs> so, so, though, that's how I think of it as, or the divine or the source, however you like to say it, um, you know, and, and so I just, because I think that source that that energy is like the truth of who we are at our best, like our highest good, our highest uh you know, uh, the way that we we want to be the ideal, um, but also everything in between, too, because I think there's also that repression aspect that needs to be addressed in a lot of ways. And that's been coming up big time in my awareness. Like, what am I repressing? What's there that I don't want to acknowledge is there. And that's probably another layer of what thoughts am I following that I don't even realize I'm following those thoughts, <laughs> like those subconscious ones. And, you know, the thing about that thought, the the thing about other people's thoughts and and what we see in, in the intellect is that we can tap into the thoughts of every thought that ever was. Yes. Past life thoughts, thoughts from our childhood, thoughts from the neighbors, thoughts from the whole world, because we are a part. Literally, you know, when you see the part of us that comes up from the center of the earth, we're a part of the earth. We have all that. What I love about conflict revolution is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's your thought or their thought or this thought or that thought. We deal with it all in the same way. It's still there and it's still something to work with that's in front of us. Yes. And that if our goal is to, to nurture an intellect that Einstein likes to say, uh, 
it's like you're sitting outside under the stars under a canopy of sky and you're and you're grounded in the earth and you're sitting there on this beautiful night maybe it's by some beautiful water and the stars are up and you're just in awe that's what our minds should be like wow we're not thinking about tomorrow or yesterday or today we're there and then we're waiting our mind our intellects are waiting for intuition to impel us to do something so that we can then go do it but other than that we're just observing the miracle of creation and think about what we talked about in this hour about describing how matter is manifest the miracle that we're even sitting in these chairs separate from each other having this conversation mm-hmm. that alone should blow our minds 24 7 but it doesn't right this is what we're training ourselves to do so it's like to see the miracle in every moment and every single thing that is happening around us all the time as opposed to a miracle is a once in a while thing maybe if I was good (laughs) I got a miracle (laughs) right yeah no it's just a way of life we're a miracle just sitting in the chair that's what they told us in the beginning the angels you're a miracle just sitting in that chair and Einstein you know it isn't just his higher power this is the party Right, and there's a so all there's a reason things. why they called it the party in the beginning. I didn't get it. You know, it's just a party of twelve. Sounds like a you know dinner reservation, whatever. But because as people die, and Dolores Cannon is in the party. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the party is huge, and it's really mind blowing too that any of those those souls have access to this particular portal. Wow. Oh my goodness. This is just blowing my mind right now. So I'm just so grateful for this. I'm just, I I feel completely blessed to just have met you, just to have this conversation with you, to just hear what you had to share about this. And I feel like I want to dive in more. Like this is just so blowing my mind. So I'm very excited um, to, you know, perhaps in the future, you want to continue this conversation together. Absolutely. I think we need to keep having this conversation. Okay. I know I've been having it for decades and it's only great to, better to have it with, you know, young people like yourself who are right there. You're just right there. So beautiful. It gives me so much hope. I love it. And uh, my computer dinged as you said that. I'm like, that's God saying, yep, yep, yep. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I love it. Um, so let's, uh, let's like, you know, you're not, you're, 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 you want to get going because you're, you're not feeling so hot and you probably want to get ready for your trip and stuff like that. So I, I want to, I don't want to linger too long and I want to give you an opportunity to share anything that you're, you know, if there's a, any last minute message or if you just want to go straight into, um, you know, where people can find you, of course, I'm going to include all your links, I'm going to include your bio, and I'm going to include all of your book titles as well, that people can start to research and find more information. But if there's any specific new events or things coming up in the next little while that you want to share, I know you mentioned about going on a tour. Uh, Maybe if you'd like to share some of that, that would be wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. We're calling this the uh, this world peace tour, we're looking for the participation of the willing Ooh. to be, do this kind of thought experiment with us. People like you are willing, get excited about it, get it, understand it, that as we work on ourselves, we're, we're this is the first path to world peace. Ooh. So this is a nonviolent worldwide action to end the age of war. 
And if you go to uh, synergyalliance.llc, you'll see everything there, the, all the events, uh, everywhere that I'm going to be. If you are interested in having me come to channel at a group, I began in living rooms. I love living rooms. I do living rooms all the time. And I'm on this peace tour. I, I, I joke and say, I'm going to be like Jesus <laughs> in the sense that when Jesus got up every day, he didn't have an agenda. No. Twelve guys, you know, doing stuff for him. But he had no agenda. He just went where he was told to go. And that's what I'm going to be doing. And so far, I started the peace tour on July 9th last summer with a big channel. And you can see that on my YouTube site, Barb With and the Psychic Sorority. And um, it just explains the whole story of how we got here and then where we're going. And I just hope that people are inspired to want to be, to be willing to do this as a way to join together, to stop this us versus them mentality and, and really start to em embrace the, the oneness that we are. And the way that you described Einstein taking this broad, broad thing right down to this little... That's the proof to me that it's the unified field. Mm -hmm. It's 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 huge, and it's and it's us, and it starts with us. And um, so yeah, sign up at the website. I I do regular channels on Zoom, uh, probably about once a month now. I used to do them every Saturday, but I'm traveling a lot. I'm going to be having I think a new live stream. I also have all kinds of free downloads, and my books are there and. Uh, at barbarawith.com too you can schedule a reading there if you're interested in having one and i've got a sale going so yeah you just come and find me i'm here if you need me oh so good i just i love it and you're like you're so uh you're just like really off on that adventure and i kind of love that you're off on that adventure without this sort of like with the sort of guiding light really of like we're gonna create world peace but it's and it's such an impractical way, you know, world peace, I think, in a broad sense, just as like, what, what does that even mean? Like, we would have to stop the corporations, we would have to stop this group or that group. It's like, no, you don't have to stop anybody from anything. You just have to start with you. And I think that's the biggest challenge that we have. It's almost easier to project it on the outside. So um, the fact that you're bringing it back to the human and bringing it back to our own, say, daily habits, even, um, is, is so magical, really, because it really brings our brings an awareness that we have the power within ourselves. And that's a big message of my podcast is to recognize your own inner power to create the life that you want to create, to create the new earth that we're all here to create, as we like to call it the new earth, which is just really this new level of consciousness, if you want to break it down to that, right? It's we just use different words for it. And so I, I'm just so grateful to, to meet somebody who's on track with this in such a very uh practical way and like you're going out into the world to do it so amazing i just commend you and and anybody who feels inspired any listeners if you feel inspired by this you know i mean think about how you could Im impact the world you know maybe there's some 
gem that you have within yourself that you haven't discovered yet and and be open to the fact that these things can happen and they can happen spontaneously i do think it's a soul thing where the soul makes a decision like at this age i'm literally going to have this awareness and this awakening to this gift or to this mission or to this whatever it is that i'm going to be doing and and it can happen at any time and if it hasn't happened yet and you're like, well, when's it going to happen? I'm already this age. Doesn't matter. It could happen at any time. It could happen when you're six. It could happen when you're 60. Who knows, right? Like, that's, that's not up to us. That's ego. So I'm just uh, really thrilled to see somebody like you doing this. And uh, I'm going to leave it there uh, for our listeners. If you guys loved this podcast, please share it. If, you, if you're watching it on video, thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening on podcast as well. And I just hope that you'll share it with others who need this message right now or need to hear something about this message. Um, and more importantly, that you can take it into your own life and actually use it. The, the, the best, you know, we can create, get all the information in the world, but until we actually use it in our own experiences on a consistent basis, it really doesn't have that like aha effect and, and like that significant effect that we want it to have and so the more we take it into as a practice the better so thank you so much again thank you barbara for being a guest today i just i look forward thank to thank you christine um to connecting again and we'll we'll let you guys know if there's anything else coming up with barbara if there's any information that she's going to be a, a guest in the future and so on and so forth thank you so much um and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day everybody bye